Hey friends, Daniel Schreiner here with the Disciple Hinson Podcast with another episode for ya. We have had a lot of new members join the church over the last year. I hope you've noticed. I hope you've gotten to know some of them. My family was blessed with the opportunity to get to know a couple of our new members, Tanner and Amber Callison, last night over dinner. And I thought, hey, we should do a podcast with them before dinner. So Tanner and Amber share on this episode a little bit about their story so you can get to know them, reach out to them, care for them and get to know their work with the traveling team doing missions mobilization. Hope you are encouraged and blessed. Tanner and Amber, welcome to the Disciple Hinson podcast. Thanks for having us. Can I call you guys Tamber? (laughs) Yes, that's our celebrity name. People love to call us Tamber, so yeah, we would love that. People both love to call us that and accidentally call us that frequently. Yeah, I can see that happening. Well, you guys are new to Portland and to Henson. Um, We want to do two things today for the good people of Henson. We want to allow people to get to know y'all. That's for you, Arkansas okay, boy. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, number two, we want to think um, more about how to be engaged with God's heart for the nations, aka missions. You, and you can educate us if we should not be using that word going forward. That's, we'll we'll that's leave that great. later. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for now. That's wonderful. Okay. Yes. So we want to think about those two things. So first, let's get to know you guys a little bit. Amber, is it okay if we start with you? Yeah, that's great. So Amber, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How did you come to know the Lord? How did you meet this guy? <laughs> uh, give, us, give us the goods. Yeah. So I'm originally from Southern California, born and raised. I grew up in a Christian family with loving parents that just did a great job of discipling us and even discipling us to have a heart for the world. And so was young when I accepted Christ and then just continued to grow, had the privilege of having private education my whole life, whether that's good or bad. I, yeah, went to Biola University and yeah, just growing up, I think had a, had a heart for the world, saw my parents model really well for our family, what it was like to send missionaries sacrificially to welcome international students in our home. We, growing up, my mom ran an international exchange program, so we always had Japanese students living with us, which was really fun, but that really instilled in me and my siblings just a heart for the nations, and so went to Biola and realized that that wasn't normal, and people didn't care about the world, and so had a huge role in mobilization, and yeah, wasn't sure what that would look like post-graduation, graduated with communication and a Bible minor, and was trying to figure it out, and a month before I graduated college, I actually met Tanner, and we met on a blind date, (laughs) which is crazy. So we met April 2nd, and then we were married January 6th. So we were married nine months later. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah. So was this, so a a mutual friend set you guys up? Yes, actually our boss now. So Claude Hickman is the executive director of the traveling team, which is the organization that we work for. He lived in Riverside, California, my hometown, and he knew me from church somewhat loosely. And obviously he knew Tanner because Tanner, which he'll share, had already worked for the traveling team. Tanner was traveling in Southern California and yeah, I'll let Tanner finish the rest of the story. (laughs) But anyways, we met nine months later, we got married and then started working for the traveling team. So excellent. Tanner, let's go to you. Does uh, your story match Amber's? Yes, indeed. So what about you, though? Where are you from? How'd you come to know the Lord? Tell us your story. 
Yes, so I'm originally from Arkansas. I call Fayetteville, Arkansas home, which is where the University of Arkansas is, where I graduated in 2014. So I grew up in Arkansas. I grew up in a Christian family, grew up hearing the gospel. But to be honest, it didn't impact my heart until I was about 18. You know, there's I know there's a lot of people who have a very similar story, you know, like a girl breaks their heart or something like that. And all of a sudden, I just had this huge awareness of, where I had put all of my hope and it wasn't in things that actually mattered. And so when I was 18, my senior year of high school, I really began to pursue the Lord and begin to read his word and just consume it, begin to learn and to grow and to be in greater fellowship with Christians. And that was also where my heart for the world began to grow as well. I had always been interested in the world in general, and that really started to ignite my senior year of high school as well. And then increased throughout college as I went to the University of Arkansas, and I actually began studying international relations and Middle Eastern studies and Arabic and all of these things. I took a course called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement, which I know Henson has connections with that here in the Portland area, and all of those different things mixed together with this just huge passion for the Lord that started when I was 18, mixed together and put me on staff of the traveling team when I was 21, when I graduated college, and I graduated and this is where my story begins to mix with what Amber was saying. I graduated, and we kind of take regions of the U.S., and I traveled kind of the Northwest, and then my second year, I traveled the Southwest of the U.S., and at the end of that, that spring semester, my second year, I, I looked at my boss. I was sitting on his couch in Riverside, California. I said, boss, do you know any cute girls? And he said, yes, <laughs> and a couple days later, I was on a date with Amber, and then a couple months later, we were married. So it happened real fast, and I can confirm that nine months is true, you know? So it it was amazing. The Lord really had us pursuing a very similar vision in life, mm-hmm. and our paths crossed, and they have been intertwined since. So it's been a wonderful ride. We've been married a little over four years now. Okay. So. And have been working for the traveling team that those four years? Yes. So we've been working for the traveling team those four years together. I was on staff as of 2014. So this is my seventh year on staff and yeah. then fourth year for Amber. Excellent. That's a great story. And later over dinner, we can compare notes because Ashley and I were a setup as well. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll tell you that story. Yes. All right. So what brings you guys to, to Portland now? You've joined this church. You joined in January. Tell us why why Portland of all places. You're not from here. You don't have family here? Nope, no yep. family here. Yeah, Portland. So there's a lot more that goes into this, but there's really two simple answers. The first one is Western Seminary. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is we needed to live somewhere. <laughs> and we felt the Lord closed doors a bunch of other places. And as we continue to search where we should live, Portland just continued to come up and be both a, a area we felt God leading us to, but then also just a very practical decision at the same time. So not crazy word from the Lord or anything like that, but seemed like a, a very practical decision for a lot of reasons as well. And so we moved here in August of this of last, last year, year, I guess, yeah. so 2020. Amber, had you been to Portland before you guys moved here? Yes. We actually, other than Biola, the only other school that I considered was in Portland, which is very random, and I have no idea why. So on a college tour, I was here, and then me and Tanner had come two different times on vacation just because we loved Portland a lot. And so It's a lot to love. Yeah, a lot yes. to love. We love good food. We love good coffee. And so we're not really out 
like adventures. We don't really like hiking or anything like that, which I know is another draw for people when they come here. Yeah. Mostly the coffee is the draw for us. <laughs> but <laughs> What do you guys think of East Side Coffee? Oh, it's wonderful. They've done yeah. a great job. You're suppo- you, you have to say that. We have to say <laughs> that right now. Podcast. But it we really, really one of my favorite roasters in Portland is Kova. And so I'm yeah. very thankful that Kova is so accessible at Eastside Coffee. Yes, indeed. Praise God. Yes. Uh, were you thinking about Multnomah? I was thinking about George Fox. And George then Fox, I went okay. there and found it was Quaker. And I was like, what the heck is Quaker? I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more of a naive, I was like, what? Sure. I can understand that impression. Yeah. So what's been your impression of of Henson. How did you guys find Henson? I mean, you decided to land here in Portland, go to Western. What's the connection? Yes. So we ended up coming to Henson. I think the first time we came was maybe October, end of September. Mm -hmm. I cannot really remember, but the connection was through Western. So Mm -hmm. I had had Ron Mars as a professor in the summer. And then I had also had thanks Ron. Yes. Thanks Ron. And then also had had Todd Miles kind of he was an online teacher which means we never actually met they just recorded him years ago and so i had todd miles as well as a professor and you've met todd now though i've met todd now he is not just on a screen he's a real person so indeed that's great and so whenever we saw that churches were getting to open i was like i've heard of henson but the first church we actually went to was redemption okay because that was the first one we saw that was opened i I don't know i don't even know how i i really don't know how we stumbled upon it but yeah because ron said he had gone to redemption so i was like well i'll go to redemption first and we went to redemption and then we met a couple other henson members and now redemption members who kind of pointed us several different directions and we ended up checking out henson as well and felt like this was a wonderful fit for the season of life that we're in we loved redemption but Henson, I think, is the best fit for us in this season of life right now. Well, we're really glad you guys are here. Amber, anything to add? No, we we just are very thankful for Henson. It's it's funny. It, it is very different than the church we came from. That's what I was going to ask. Yes, yeah. we came from a mega church in Southern California, and so there was a lot of things. We just didn't really know what we were ex- to expect or what we wanted in a church. It was the very first time being married in, in four years that we had to choose a church together. And so... Because usually you're just traveling or because you were kind of already connected to that church in Riverside? Mixture. Yeah, we already oh, were connected. My dad works at the church that we went to in California. I uh-huh. also had worked there for a season. And so we were pretty well connected. And then we travel a lot. So yep. we haven't fully explained what we do, but we travel nine months out of the year. And so it didn't really make sense for us to maybe choose somewhere else. And so coming here for Tanner and I, there's been a lot of convictions that we've had that have been like right under the surface that we haven't had to make decisions about or decide or think through really. And so for us coming here has been really good for us to just think through what is the purpose of church? What's a healthy Mm. church? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have loved it. I can't even (laughs) tell you, begin to explain how much we love it and how welcomed we feel and cared for. And so, yeah. That's excellent. Well, we're again, we're really glad that you guys are here. But as you were talking about traveling, that kind of brings us to the second thing we want to talk about today, yes. which is what you guys do. And I want you guys to encourage our church to have a greater heart for the nations. Um, so what is the traveling team? Tell us what it is. Yeah. So the traveling team, we are missions mobilizers. The traveling team, we exist to basically help Christian college students find their role in God's global mission. And so what we do is we travel to primarily state school campuses all across the U.S. We partner 
with campus ministries or Christian clubs like Crew or the Navigators or InterVarsity, and they basically invite the traveling team in as guest teachers. And so we go to large group meetings, and in 30 to 35 minutes, we basically share with college students a biblical theology of God's global heart. And so I think, yeah, we can share a little bit more about what we talk about, but basically that's how we mobilize students. If we have any time in front of a college student, we're going to give them a biblical theology. Like that, that's going to have a far longer shelf life than anything else we can share with students when it comes to God's heart for the world. And so we share the biblical theme of God's global heart, and then we offer a breakout session where we train students in a tool called the World Vision Illustration that equips students to share with their friends what they've heard that night about God's heart for the world. And so that's a big part of what we do. And then we actually follow up with every interested student on the phone. So if a student wants to talk about it further, ask questions, process through reservations or fears they have about going overseas or the parents are hesitant or they're nervous about support raising, Hmm. we basically help coach students through finding their role in God's mission. That's excellent. So can you draw that illustration upside down of the, the diagram? Do you have that pretty well memorized? Yes, definitely. In our sleep. (laughs) We have drawn that illustration so many times. (laughs) It's too bad that this is a podcast because there's this whiteboard right behind you. And I would love to to see that. Upside down? Yes, upside down. (laughs) And while you're asleep. asleep. I'd like to see that. Put your money where your mouth is. She said it. Yeah. (laughs) So um, that's what you guys primarily do. You're traveling around the United States, mobilizing students uh, for missions um, do you guys go overseas some too? Do you take students like on mission trips? I know that's what like a big thing that a lot of mission mobilizers do. Yeah, good yeah. question. So we we have transitioned roles, and so we okay. are no longer traveling nine months out of the year. So we will be at Henson most Sundays mm-hmm. out of the year, just to clarify that one. We've transitioned Excellent. roles as of this summer. But as an organization, we actually, we ourselves do not take people overseas. We see mm-hmm. ourselves very much as kind of vision casters and then connectors. And so we partner with both our audience, we partner with the ministries we speak to, and then on the other end of things, we partner with people to help students be able to pray, to give, to send, Mm -hmm. to go. And Mm -hmm. so we'll partner with different mission organizations, or we'll even oftentimes point a student back to their own ministry, you know? And so if we met a college... We had a we spoke at a college student thing at Henson, for example. We mm-hmm. would first tell them to go with whatever Henson was doing before looking elsewhere, and that would be true of really any campus ministry we speak of. But whether it's you know the ministry doesn't have something, or maybe the student is like, I don't want to go to Guatemala. I want to go to India mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. We were able to kind of have those conversations and make connections if it seems like a good fit for. The person we're talking to that that makes a lot of sense what can you guys give us kind of the outline for that 30 minute talk or so that you mentioned amber of what are some of the highlights give us like the maybe two one to two minute version of it yeah is that yeah absolutely are you able to do yeah that? here we go yeah. we can do it so as amber said it's a biblical theology of mission we call it the biblical basis of mission mm-hmm. and for the for the word section of it it's let's say we have 35 minutes about 25 minutes of that or 30 minutes of that is going to be Genesis to Revelation throughout the entire story of Scripture. So we're going to start very rapidly, Genesis 1 through 11. In the beginning, God created everything. He created all people. He created people to be in a relationship with Him. But as we can see, that became broken. Man sinned and sinned against God, and the relationship was broken. And yet we see God, from the very beginning of Scripture, designed to redeem that and to save man and save 
enable man to walk with him. And we see, we then begin to zoom in and we, we hit, spend a lot of time on Genesis chapter 12. And so for those of you listening, if you don't know how important Genesis chapter 12 is, it is very, very important. And so it's this, this promise to Abraham, this call of Abraham is what it says in a lot of the subheadings. And it's God calling Abram saying, I will go from your country, your people, your father's house and go to the land I'll show you. I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And he continues, I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And in you, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And so we zoom in on that because what we see is that with Abraham, God makes this promise and this promise and this mission actually just gets repeated all throughout the story of scripture. And so this kind of pattern of God blesses his people to be a blessing to the nations is something that we, we then trace. We go Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It's literally everywhere in the Psalms, David, Solomon, throughout the prophets, we see this idea of God desiring to use his people to not just be a holy huddle, but to reach the world. And then it's of no surprise when we get to the New Testament, we see Jesus. We see one, Jesus is that promised offspring from Abraham who is a blessing to all nations. And then we see that he also then turns and commissions his disciples out to continue the mission to reach the world through things like the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and so many other things. And then we kind of conclude the talk looking at Revelation, which is apt because we're in Revelation right now with Henson. And Revelation chapter 7 kind of paints this illustration of what the crowd in heaven is going to look like. It happens a couple other times in Revelation as well, but it, it talks about how heaven is going to be p- filled with people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Mm-hmm. And so Genesis, Revelation, God has a heart for all the world, for all the people, for all the earth. And then we turn and say, student, you have a part to play. Missions is not just for... So the 25 minutes that you said, that's Bible. And then, that's like, Bible. And then basically the last five minutes is yeah. like, wh- how are you a part of this? Yeah, well, after doing... Bible, we basically talk about the world. So if God has a heart for the world, we should probably know what the world looks like. And so we talk about an area of the world called the 1040 window. So if you haven't heard of the 1040 window, basically it's a term that Christians have created to identify the, where's the most need in the world. So 1040, basically it's 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude. It runs from the west of Africa all the way to the east of Asia. And in this area of the world lives 5 billion people out of the 5 billion, 3 billion would be considered unreached. We define unreached being different than unsaved. Unsaved is someone who has access or opportunity to know Jesus, to hear the gospel. Unreached would be they have zero access, zero opportunity to know Jesus or know a Christian even if they wanted to. And so we really draw attention to this part of the world because if we're going to see the world reach, if we're going to see revelation happen, you know, every tribe, and people, and nation, the unreached need to have access about hearing about Christ. So Mm -hmm. we talk about 1040 window, and then we wrap up very briefly about ways we can engage the world. So going here, go across our campus, across the street. God has brought international students, people from the most unreached places of the world to the U.S. And so what does it look like for us to welcome well? So that's going here, going there. People have to go. If we're going to see the world reached, we need to send more laborers. And then we talk about sending. You know, we we talk about it being... This isn't like A team, B team. Sending is no less important or sacrificial. And so we talk about we can pray for the world and we can also give really sacrificially. And so that's how we wrap up our message. We empower them, say there's four ways you can engage in God's mission. And then we invite them to come to breakout session. So that's kind of what our message looks like in brief. That's excellent. 
Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So you can draw that, that, that message somehow, or where I'm really, yes. uh, you see kind of enamored with the diagram yes. part. So in, in the diagram part, so that's the, that's the breakout session or the part two, where we basically summarize the part one message with uh-huh. three stick figures and three ideas of God's word, Genesis Revelation, God's world, looking at the 1040 window, and then God's work, go and send. And it's a little diagram that by the end of that breakout session, anyone who sees that can take that and share it with anyone who wasn't there at the meeting, who hadn't heard of this before. It's kind of a conversation starter. Yeah. So that's excellent. Um, any tra- uh, crazy travel uh, or conversation stories from over the years? I mean, you just have had countless. You've been to countless, you said, of like all the March Madness teams. You guys have maybe been to like most of those schools. Yeah, I think I've been to like three or 400 universities. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And have had uh, countless conversations with students. Uh, any like funny story or impactful uh, trip that really sticks out? Uh, I'm sure there's probably too many to count. There's so so many of both. So many both encouraging stories, some, some discouraging stories, uh, a lot of funny stories, both because of our interactions with people on campuses, but we also stay in host homes when we travel, which is a, might have to be, it's just whole, whole nother episode on yes. hospitality, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. I would enjoy that. <laughs> and, but one funny story that just comes from speaking is sometimes we'll, we'll be on the same campus for a couple different meetings because there's different campus ministries. Sure. And so I remember several years ago, I think I was at University of California, Merced, and spoke in a meeting like on a Tuesday night and met this guy, talked to him for a while, and then went to another meeting on Wednesday night. That same student apparently was double dipping. It was in multiple campus ministries. He comes to the meeting, he sits on the front row, and the entire talk he stills every single punchline, every single point, every single story. He like whispers it to himself and the people around him like before I ever get there. And so... I thought it would be funny doing, yeah, doing that. It, that was me. No, I'm just Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is he... It was so, and he was That's on the front so row, so I, yeah. I might have been the only one hearing it, but I was sure. like, oh, kind of it, was, off. it was so, so funny though. Now, yeah. right. then I, who right. knows, I might've been right. a little upset, but it's hilarious now to think of, of how he just thought it'd be funny to kind of yeah. do that. And he's, yeah. And he had at least a day to think about it yes, and that's exactly. what he came up with. <laughs> that's he internalized something, I guess. Yeah. So. There you go. At least he, yeah. At least he yeah. got the content. Yeah. So any good ones from you, Amber? I'm trying to think, I mean, we... You know, like Tanner said, there's encouraging moments, there's discouraging moments. I think what I think is helpful for even you guys to know is as we travel, it's easy to assume people have heard this before. Mm-hmm. If they grew up in church, they've they've been mobilized, they've heard about the 1040 window. Mm-hmm. I would say easily 90, 95% of the students we talk to has, have never heard something like this before. They've never mm-hmm. been given a biblical theology of mission. They've never heard of the 1040 window. And so... It's one of those things where, you know, what our job is, we see our job as zero to one mobilization. We're meeting so many students that this is just brand new information for them. And so when we have fault phone calls and we talk to students after, it's it's so encouraging to hear them say, I, I've never heard anything like this before. And what was I doing before this? Like, I was thinking so selfishly about my life purpose. Like, I don't want to just be an engineer. How can I be an engineer that is a part of God's global mission? And so, I mean... I've had so many conversations where girls are like, I'm ready to go to the world, like send me to the tribes, you know, and then mm-hmm. other conversations where I had a girl answer. She's like, I'm, I'm not going to be a missionary. I want you to know that. Like, that's mm-hmm. how she answered the phone call. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, great. I'm not really sure why we're talking, <laughs> but you know, and as we talk, just asking her, 
you know, why. And I think she really struggled with with calling, but she had never asked God, God, what do you want with my life? Mm. And would you have me go? And so by the end of our phone call, kind of challenged her, hey, what if for two weeks you just prayed and you asked God, God, what would you do with my life? Would you have me go overseas? And, and maybe the answer is no, but it's worth having that conversation with the Lord. And two weeks later on the day, she texts me and she says, I can't believe that I thought before that I, I wouldn't go. Like I, hmm. I, Lord has just spoken to me and changed my heart. I've already been connected to an agency and I'm trying to go this summer. Like, thank you so much for challenging me and coming and sharing this message. No one had ever shared this with me before. And so that, that story is on repeat. I mean, every night we're teaching, those are the conversations that we're having. And so, yeah, that's one very small example of a girl who came in uninterested in God's yeah. global mission and then by the end saw her her role. Wow. So. That's that stories like that must be what keep you guys going. Just uh yeah, to definitely. be vessels of this this message that we've been entrusted in and see it played out in young people's lives. That's fantastic. So um we need to fast forward here because otherwise my kids will eat all the tacos yeah. and there won't be any left for us. No. <laughs> so uh so let's kind of fast forward here. Um you guys have only been at Henson a short time, and you've, as you said, it's a, a little bit of a different church community maybe than what you're used to. You got a lot of different stages of life, um, you know, different ages. But are any just practical ways um, that you would encourage Henson to be engaged with the Great Commission? Yeah, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this, for Henson specifically, but really many people in many churches around the world is I think we have this idea that mission and missions is so so specialized and so other, there is no possible engagement here and now. You know, when most people think of missions, they're like, oh, it's that one guy or that one couple who came and had this insane story about mm-hmm. how they were almost killed, and then they mm-hmm. ate this weird thing, and then people came to know Jesus, and like, <laughs> that's the that's the story, right? Yep, that's, that's when we hear missions, yep. that's what we think of. We think mm-hmm. of that person who was a guest speaker that one time or whatever, and that is certainly true in so many contexts, but also, God has brought people from the ends of the earth to Portland, Oregon that we're neighbors with, we're shopping next to, our kids might be in school with them, we might be neighbors with them. What would it look like for us to engage that? Hmm. And then even just on those of us who maybe would never think of going, like there's ways to do that, there's ways to give, there's ways to pray. But then I also think for those of us maybe on the younger side of the spectrum who are thinking like maybe I should go or could go, don't wait and think that all of a sudden, you know, I've heard people say that like like aviation or a plane trip is going to make transformation. You're mm-hmm. you're not all of a sudden be going to become this amazing disciple that is sharing the gospel with everything that moves and is teaching and is learning language and doing all these different things if if we're just kind of huddled around hanging out with all of our Christian friends here. And so one of the things I love to encourage people to do is what does it look like to meet lost people here, both of our own culture and then cross-culturally? And then what does it look like for us to pray as well and Pray for those people specifically, but also be aware of what God's doing in the world and growing our heart in that way to be mm-hmm. able to pray for the world. What That's would you excellent. Add? Yeah, another maybe shameless plug is the traveling team. We just produced a new resource. It's called 101 Ways to Engage the World. And we kind of published this during COVID because we realized people people's view of mission is limited to an overseas trip when really God's global mission is so much bigger and so much grander than that. And so 
Yeah, I think this would be a really great resource. We walk through, our staff helped collaborate to think through 25 creative ways to pray for the world, 25 ways to give to the world, 25 ways to welcome the world, Mm. and 25 ways to mobilize. You know, so... For instance, number 13 out of 101 ways is fast and pray during Ramadan. So Ramadan's coming up. It's in a month. It's April, I think, 12th through May 12th. And so a really great way to engage in God's mission to reach all people is to consider praying for every single day for the, the Muslim world, that God would use Ramadan to speak to Muslims that are maybe disillusioned or Muslims who are, who are just curious they're very interested in spirituality it's a month of prayer and fasting for themselves and so that would be a great way to Mm. engage the world and so this book walks through 101 really creative things just like that how do we be good stewards and good yeah just engaging in god's mission so that's fantastic um those are great great ways um what about for you guys how can we as a church be an encouragement a blessing to you all in this unique season that the Lord has for you as you're doing seminary, Tanner and Amber, what are you, what are you doing most days? Are you still like just full-time with traveling team? Yeah. Full-time with traveling team, marketing, branding, publishing, okay. things like that. Okay. Yeah. So how can we serve you guys? What are some ways that you guys want to grow, um, get plugged in? That's a great question. My first instinct is just to say, keep being you, you know, (laughs) it's been so encouraging being a part of, we've just had dinners with people and and met people and had conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And that's been really life-giving. And, Mm. and one of the reasons, to be honest, that we landed at Henson to begin with is, well, we landed at a church to begin with and why Henson seemed like just such a wonderful open door was because we had been in such a season of many years of being everywhere and being known by no one. It's exciting to be in a place where we see the same people every Sunday mm-hmm. and we have conversations and we get to have dinners with people and know that they'll be there next week and we'll see them again. And 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 so we just love connecting with people mm-hmm. and have really enjoyed being able to hear from just hear how God has worked in everyone else's lives. And and mm-hmm. we love working with call students like we have for me the last six years and Amber for the last four years, but we also love talking with people who aren't college students. Mm-hmm. And so it's been wonderful mm-hmm. to talk with people outside of that stage of life because sure. it is it is just, yeah, it's very it's different. refreshing. It's yeah. different. Yeah. It's, it's refreshing to talk to people outside sure. of that phase of life. Sure, I'm sure that makes sense. Okay. And what's, what anything for you, Amber? No, yeah, I think that's good. I'm just even thinking, I'm like, I don't, we don't even know how to fully be known by people in the same community. So mm-hmm. if there's any wisdom on that, you know, like we're, mm. we feel like we're pretty real and transparent and really want to jump in. But mm-hmm. I think we're at that place of like, what does that even look like really? So if there's any wisdom on that, that's great. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's, what about what's next for you guys, Tanner, how long are you planning to be in seminary at Western? How, how long do you think this season will be? Great question. So I'm also still full-time with the traveling team. Okay. I'm the director of development, working with a bunch of our ministry partners and training and a bunch of ha- a bunch of hats. And uh-huh. so I'm hoping to be finished with my program perhaps summer of 2023 okay. if I can continue up the pace that I'm at. But we'll see. And, so, And what would you guys like to do long-term? Would you like to be on the mission field or serving in missions mobilization long-term? Have you guys, I'm sure you guys have talked about that. 
We have talked about it, <laughs> and we are still very open okay. to where the Lord would have us. We have a huge heart for the world, obviously, have a heart for the Middle East. I mean, I studied Arabic throughout college and have lots of Muslim friends, but also we love mobilization and feel like the Lord has really had favor mm-hmm. on us during mm-hmm. this last season of working for the traveling team, and we we love thinking strategically, leading projects, doing training, and we might be a better resource in a different position other than frontier missionary work. Sure, you know? sure. And, and, you know, the Lord is constantly changing us and shaping us, and so... Amen. You know, it, we we see ministry in the for, in the future, but mm-hmm. that could be that could be at a local church, mm. that could be at a global church somewhere, a mm-hmm. local church somewhere around the globe. It, mm-hmm. it could be anything, and so we're just patiently taking the next step. Well, we'll continue to pray for you guys, and again, we're so happy you guys are here. That the Lord has you guys here, and hope that we can be an encouragement to you all during this season. You guys have been great. Thank you. That was uh, cheering. You guys couldn't hear that because you weren't hearing headphones, but uh, people were really happy. (laughs) Perfect. We won't kiss them. Uh, uh, (laughs) That would really draw them in, though. You know, (laughs) that's what the starts. The first, the very first sound, the sound of a kiss. That's right. (laughs) This week we're talking about missions.